All right. So I'm hiking here with R.L. Stein. <laughs> Not because of the the scary story writer, because he looks like a real life German. <laughs> Alright, so welcome back to the Trail Connection Podcast for part two of the Appalachian Trailhead. And I got Brad back with me this week. And uh, if you're watching the video, you can tell we are not in North Carolina. Um, so I'll explain that a little bit later when we get into talking about our trip. And that last day was a little crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, so when, when we got started on the last one, we were talking a little bit about trail names. And uh, Dreamweaver stuck with me. Um, as embarrassing as it was to say it a couple times <laughs> to some people on the trail, uh, I guess that's what my, my trail name is. But I, I renamed Brad in the, on the way, so I got R.L. Stein sitting with me. No. Right. <laughs> I think so, the trail name will become clear as we go through the, the yeah. story. Yeah. Of the, uh... Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm starting to feel like a legitimate podcast because I've actually got some info to kind of come back with and answer some questions and a couple hot tips that people have submitted um, on some things that we've been talking about. So um, the first one I wanted to address is the, uh, so in episode two, I talked a little bit about hammock camping. And uh, when I first got started, I used to wake up a lot with cold butt and cold feet. And I solved the cold butt issue with my climate, uh, my, my climate sleeping pad. Um, but the cold feet thing is still an issue. So I had uh, one guy write in and say, hey, I should just wear socks. Um, so that's an obvious obvious suggestion there. Uh, I do wear socks when I'm, <laughs> when I'm sleeping outside. Um, but one, another guy wrote in and actually said uh, to not wear socks because they can restrict. That's what um, I always heard. Like, yeah. That's why I don't, I like butt naked when I'm camping. <laughs> just for, because I've always heard like when you're in a sleeping bag, it's designed to be like sleeping naked or with very minimal clothing because right. it's designed to trap your body heat. Right. So, and if you sweat in your clothes and they get wet, then you're just, it's not. Yeah. Not. So another one, uh, same guy actually um, suggested the thermal hand warmers. Um, so I, I don't remember the, the brand name, but anywhere on any drugstore, Walmart has them. The ones that you activate, um, they last for several hours. Um, he said, those are good. You know, throw those in the bottom of the sleeping bag or, he said they have some that are adhesive, so he's even like actually stuck them to the bottom of his feet before, which I think would be uncomfortable, but whatever works. I mean, if you're in low low temperatures, yeah, I'll give it a shot. But the most interesting one um, was a pee bottle. Um, so I thought that one was particularly interesting, considering being in a hammock, um, that'd be a little a little bit. Uh, acrobats you know, or ac yeah. acrobatics you know trying to uh, make that work but hey, hey you know go with what you got you don't want to get up uh, in the middle of the night so um, also I have a new essential item so you know we talked about that last time and you selected pocket knife mm -hmm. which was a good one um, for me pocket knife would not have worked because I lost my other one <laughs> while yeah. we were up there first night uh, so that was that was cool. Uh, that's number two that I've lost of the same knife. So I'm gonna take the old uh, cheap sunglasses approach and and not buy expensive pocket knives anymore. So, but uh, so uh, I talked a little bit about dry bags with uh, Joseph mm -hmm. in episode three, and I have more experience with them this time. And that is my essential item now, um, especially one for my sleeping bag. Um, so I'll explain a little bit. Uh, a little bit more about that as we go, but pretty much, you know, the the amount of sweat that came out of my body on the on the trip this time around um, seeped into the bottom of my bag, and I ended up with a wet sleeping bag, or you know, at least in a portion of it. So, dry bags will uh, will definitely climb the list. And I I actually uh, found a lot better quality ones uh, than the one that I had. Osprey makes some really good um, dry bags that are real pliable, real real flexible, and lightweight. And they worked awesome on that trip. And they're not that expensive either. Um, so I picked up a few of those. Um, so, yeah. 
What you drinking over there, Brad? I am drinking coffee that you prepared for me. Yeah. And uh, it was from a listener, correct? Like yeah. Somebody uh, or an Instagram follower? Instagram follower. Yeah. So um, that whole thing has been really, really cool. You know, we've only been online probably about six weeks. I've been I've been promoting the the podcast actively for about six or seven weeks now. And um, this this guy was one of the first ones to follow my account, um, which was really cool because I didn't have any video or audio up at all. It was just pictures that I've taken on trails and stuff. And um, so uh, the company's name is Public, Land, Public Lands Coffee. And uh, we're, uh, we've been interacting quite a bit over the last few weeks. And uh, I've bought couple bags of their coffee which is a really cool thing um 100% of their proceeds go back to uh Appalachian Trail uh, restoration projects they're a partner with the Appalachian Trail Conservatory and uh so um it's an organization that they just help people that have uh projects that they want to do or volunteer projects they they can get some funding through buying this coffee and so it's a great cause and uh they're a good family company I love what they're doing want to support them so um, we may end up uh, getting to do an exclusive show with them in the future, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we're still working on getting that all lined up. But um, if you haven't checked them out yet, definitely go over and, and check them out. We're drinking some of the uh, the Wild East mm-hmm. brew, and uh, it's pretty good. It's good stuff. It's pretty good. So it's for a good cause, too. So, All right. So let's talk a little bit about that trip. It's been, it's been a couple weeks since we went. Yeah. Um, we're back in Florida, but uh, we've had some time to reflect. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel when we wrapped up? When we wrapped up, I there was it was a <laughs> sense of relief to go home. Um, there was some stress with getting out, but uh, I just felt we. Well, I felt a little rushed the entire time, but overall, I mean, it was a lot different than I expected it. The The whole trip was, um, I, I expected it to be a little more fulfilling, and it felt like we were just rushing through it when we were trying to get from waypoint to waypoint, which I know you said was an issue on your first time as mm-hmm. well, and we didn't hike nearly as far this time, mm-hmm. um, so I, and we'll get I know that we're going to get to it later on about what we may do later on if we do another. Well, you're going to do some more, but if mm-hmm. I go with you, um, some changes that we'll make. But over, I mean, I loved it. It was it was nice to be out there and and just kind of push yourself up mm-hmm. those mountains and and uh, just kind of like we like we talked about in the first one, just be away from everything and just kind of take the the challenges as they came mm-hmm. and not really knowing what was going to happen because we did have some unexpected rain and some unexpected water shortages and and so there were some challenges but overall I I mean I had a great time yeah yeah same here and it it was definitely a much better experience on my end um, as far as you know the the types of stuff that I took and and I mean I bounced back very quickly physically from this hike Mm -hmm. um last year whenever I went for the first time I mean it took me several days to get the soreness worked out and everything but I mean with by then by the next afternoon evening I mean I was fine I didn't really have much at all my calves were a little sore but um same but so we uh we got up there um we decided to do the approach trail to the Springer Mountain um which is about 8.8 miles um and it is no joke that <laughs> that that is one uh one tough trail especially you know uh for that setting and the time frame that we chose to do it in so we didn't get on the trail till about two o'clock mm-hmm. yeah um got a little bit later start than we had planned hit some traffic in atlanta on the way up and that set us back a little while um but once we got up there um that kind of set the pace so we wanted to try to set you know get that first 8.8 miles done which is very hard to do in in five hours um the actual the like i guess it's a record or the average time that it takes to do that trail is about six and a half hours and um we we made it what 7.3 miles i think yes before we stopped um and it took and we did that in about four and a half so 
we were booking it and uh, it's a it's a steep trail uh pretty pretty tough incline um whipped me for sure uh, we got mr marathon runner over here that was was blazing it in front of me but that was huffing and puffing up behind him um so we that first day um got a little bit later start and went up through the, the cool thing about that trail is there's uh the the bottom of it you're at the base of the waterfall in amico falls and um so that was neat walking right next to the water and climbing all those yeah. oh man those god awful like, stairs <laughs> i want to say it was like 650 stairs or something because i want to say the first one was like 170 and then or 160 something like that and then the next the next set was like 400 and yeah. something yeah it was it was an insane amount of stairs. I, I climbed stairs a lot on my job, and this was a lot more than that. So, um, But, it, I mean, it was cool once we got up there to the yeah. top and caught our breath and everything. Um, we had a, 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 the one benefit to me not being able to catch up with you was <laughs> the fact that I saved your water yeah. source for the, yeah. for the week. Well, not my water source, but my water bottle. As I was booking it up these stairs, I was jostled a little bit and my canteen came out of the sleeve that I had it in and it started falling down this mountain and luckily uh the lagger was was back there and was able to catch it on the lower platform so there you go it was it was definitely Boston lagger that's my name Boston Boston lagger uh yeah he uh I was about four four flights down below them and uh it just happened to fall like right on the platform so i'm not i'm not a hero i just stopped it from rolling off a little bit more but um yeah so that was cool and then uh you know by the time we got up to the top of the mountain i i only had the two and a half liters of water that was Mm -hmm. in my pack um and i i went through that pretty quick but probably i'd say a mile before we got to our uh our campsite uh, which we stopped at um black Mm -hmm. mountain that first night, which is about a mile and a half um, shy of Springer Mountain, um, I was able to get a little bit more water there, and, and we were good. Um, so let's talk about that first night. How'd you feel when we got to that campsite? I was dead on my feet. I mean, not only, because we, we got up at 3 o'clock in the morning yeah. to leave by 4, and mm-hmm. I had been out the night before for my uh, four-year anniversary. So I, we, got, we went to bed late, woke up super early, got in the car, drove all day. I didn't sleep any. I mean, Tim kind of slept, but uh, not much. Yeah. And then we just hit the trail. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we, as soon as we parked and got all, our, all of our paperwork and everything in order, we got on that trail and we started blazing. So uh, we, and like Tim said, we only had two and a half liters of water. I had a little bit more, and I and I made sure to hydrate on the car ride up. Um, but we were dehydrated, exhausted, and just threw our packs down and just kind of wandered aimlessly for like 10 minutes. We tried to find the water source that was supposedly there, but mm-hmm. so far down, and and we couldn't even hear a trickle. And we we I mean it was still farther down the path, so kind of yeah. gave up on that and just started setting up camp yeah yeah and we uh i felt the same way i was i was flat wore out it was all i could do to just get my tent set up mm-hmm. and and soaked to the bone i mm-hmm. mean everything i had on uh, was completely soaked so got got dry clothes on and made a clothesline and hung up all my stuff and started cooking or heating up my water for mm-hmm. for dinner and we ate and pretty much went to bed yeah and I mean, we got to the campsite. It was like 6:30, right? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, so we didn't have a whole lot of daylight left. So by the time we sat down to to eat, you know, it was after dark, and we both kind of cleared away for the night and um, woke up. I woke up probably about 11:30 uh, or so to uh, really, really heavy rain. <laughs> that yeah. was not on my forecast. Um, I didn't. I didn't see that on the weather app that I was looking at. Nope. So that took us by surprise and soaked everything. Yeah. Well, I I was laying it because as soon as we both got in the tents about the same time, around 8.30, I want to say, 
And then you, I was trying to fall asleep. I know that you were scribbling in your notebook and you had a light on. And I think it was about like nine o'clock and your light went off. And then like two minutes later, <laughs> just like snores from over there. And, I was like, oh, and we had planes flying over all night. Yeah. And I'm just laying there. I had my, the flap of my rain fly open and my mesh door closed so I could try and catch a breeze. And I'm just laying there. I was just about to fall asleep at like 10 o'clock and just rain started hit me in the face. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> so I like crawled out, grabbed some stuff and put it under my rain fly and then closed my rain fly and just, or threw some of it actually in my tent with me. And it, it didn't help. I mean, a lot of my stuff inside the tent got wet because I had a footprint and I set it up wrong so that the, it actually kind of pooled under the tent. And uh, I got soaked. I mean, my my sleeping bag was wet, pillow was wet, clothes that I threw in there were wet. It was just a nightmare, and I didn't sleep much. I, got, I ended up getting up at like 6, just kind of waiting until daylight came, and then I got up around 7 or so and just started. I went over to the shelter, made some clotheslines, and started hanging stuff up. And I was like, oh, Tim will get up. Uh, he's a grown man. And uh, started kind of trying to get some stuff organized. And before I knew it, I looked at, uh, looked at my watch, and it was 9 in the morning. And I'm like, Tim's still not up. i got to get this guy up. Like, we got to hit the trail. And uh, it, took a, it took many tries to wake you up. I mean, you were out. I was out cold. I was cold. like, Tim, Tim. I was out and cold. just repeatedly. Well, I got, I got probably maybe two hours of sleep the night before um i was up pretty late getting the the episode the the kayak episode ready to go and and up online and and some marketing stuff done for that that i wanted to try to get out because it was set to release the day we were driving um and i just wanted to make sure there was no delay uh, in getting that out so shows you my dedication to, to the <laughs> show but uh yeah, I was exhausted, man. I I put up a good front during the day, but I was dead on my feet the first day, and that was that was a hard day. But, um, you know, 12 hours of sleep will do it for you. I was ready to go the next day. Um, woke up after Brad woke me up and looked to assess the damage on all my stuff because ev- everything that I needed dry um, was totally soaked um, and sopping wet. So I'd wring out a lot of stuff and... Ended up using my dry bag inverted. Uh, I, I kept all my wet stuff in that to keep my other stuff in my bag dry. And uh, um, <clears throat> luckily I had a couple extra dry bags this time around. Um, so that worked out really well. And then uh, didn't even eat breakfast that morning. I focused on uh, stretching because I didn't do it the time before. And I was, I was hurting that first day. Um, got all my stuff packed up and then... Uh, we finally hit the trail. I want to say it was like 10:45. Yeah, it was. It was like very right late, close to 11. It's pretty late that uh, that second day, and I mean that we had planned on that being our long day too. Mm-hmm. So again, that kind of set the pace for w- moving very quickly, um, mm-hmm. you know, up the trail. But that first leg was wasn't bad at all. I think the first mile was pretty much flat. There yeah. wasn't much elevation to it because I I was like speed walking, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, so we uh, we made up Springer Mountain, um, and it was it was so foggy that um, that second day was such a gloomy day. Pretty much the whole day, um, if it wasn't foggy, it was like drizzling a little bit, or like kind of just the stuff falling out of the trees. And um, so we got up to um, uh, we got up to Springer Mountain, and um, I think I got up there just a little bit, a couple steps before you. Um, you were, you were more far behind me, but, uh, there was a couple people up there, uh, hanging out, uh, an older couple. Um, so I struck up conversation, you know, pitching the show a little bit. Uh, <laughs> really, I, I just asked them if they were day hiking or if they were, um, you know, if they were doing multi-day and I mean, they were, I don't, I'm not going to try to even guess what their ages were, but it was, an, it was an older couple. And, uh, the guy just told me that they were, they were day hiking, um, and uh, he volunteered the information that they were there celebrating their 16th anniversary of completing the, the through hike. So they had done it together. Um, they started in Springer Mountain and went all the way up to Maine. 
And um, so, I mean, anytime I talk to anybody like that, I'm, I'm instantly like interested because it's, it's fascinating to me that people are able to do that and complete it. Um, so anyway, I thought it was awesome and uh, really didn't think anything of it at the time. Um, but later that night, I uh, was when I was writing in my journal. I got to be got to thinking about how cool that was. I mean, mm-hmm. for me and you, that was just like, okay, cool. This is Spring Mountain. We can't see anything because it's foggy. Yeah. It was just a place to stop, catch a catch a breath, and and take a rest for a few minutes. But I mean, that's that's a significant place for for people that are either beginning their journey or finishing their journey. And um, it just got me thinking about like how different different places like that mean different things to different people and uh i mean i definitely the next time i go it'll have a different meaning for me but um i just think that that's so cool um you know that that something like that can can be so significant for somebody that they make a special trip every year to to go up and visit so that was pretty cool um that was the guy's name was tom for short he uh i don't i don't remember his wife's trail name which by the way trail names are legit yeah. Like that is a legit thing, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and I feel really really dumb for not knowing about that ahead of time. Yeah, even the when we signed in at Amicalilla Falls, it was like, "What's your trail name?" Mm-hmm. And so, it, I mean, a lot of people like it is a it is a legit thing, and almost, I mean, the few people that we saw and stopped to talk to, especially there at the end, they had trail names as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is it is legit. Yeah, and most of them don't tell you their real name i mean yeah. the people that we talked to at the end i, I didn't catch their real name i mean yeah. they use their trail names mm-hmm. um tom told me his but i i don't remember it so <laughs> it kind of helps me you know i got a bad memory so I, i'd rather remember something ridiculous i guess than you know somebody's real name <laughs> well the, but, and the, another like kind of reoccurring theme on this trip was like everyone was from florida yeah like Tom for short was from Naples uh, and another couple that we ended up meeting were from uh, Lakeland yeah so. yeah just was... down the road from us and um it was it was funny because it seemed like the majority of the people that we came in contact with or even the people that we talked to came in contact with all were from mm-hmm. Florida so mm-hmm. it's perfect time to get out of here and go up there because the weather was awesome yeah. I mean that first day oh man it was beautiful mm-hmm. um it was like you know, low 70s for most of the day and breezy, and even in the sun, it wasn't that hot. And I mean, the first night was great. It was really comfortable. Uh, you know, the rain helped a little bit, but uh, overall, I think the, you know, the weather was great, the trip. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's that second day. Um, you know, once we got off of um, Springer Mountain, um, we were kind of booking it mm-hmm. for from that point. Um, I don't remember all of the, the sections in between that, that we went. We ended up um, pushing really hard to get to Long Creek Falls for lunch. Um, and I think it was like close to 3, 2.30, 3 o'clock when we finally stopped for lunch. Um, which that, I think that section that we did between Springer and where we ended up staying at Hawk Mountain um, was probably my favorite section so mm-hmm. far that I've done. I haven't done a whole lot, but um, a lot of water sources. A lot of the um, the trip of, along the way was like by a creek or by a, a larger uh, stream that you could hear and stuff. Came across a couple creeks you had to cross over, um, and then the Long Creek Falls was was cool. Um, it's not a big waterfall at all, but uh, that was a neat neat setting there to to stop and get a bite to eat and hung out with our florida buddies for mm-hmm. a little bit who actually ended up saving our butt um yes they did <laughs> they uh they didn't they didn't share their names with us i didn't share my name with them but we'll call them the mulberries because that's where they're from i guess yeah. um but uh the mulberries we, we kept passing cast passing them back and forth you know that we'd stop for a break and they'd pass us and then we were hiking like madmen so we passed them up again and yeah. took longer breaks but um so then we ended up going uh it was another another hour and a hour hour and a half i mean it was real short yeah. i was expecting it to be a, a yeah. couple more hours to get to hawk mountain but we we got there what 4 30 or so yeah it was 4 4 30 and i i 
I almost didn't think that was it because mm-hmm. it, it was it was so short. Because I was the whole reason we were kind of hiking so fast is because we we kind of were uh, had a like incorrect time frame or like frame reference frame mm-hmm. of reference for how long it took us to go certain distances because we started so late mm-hmm. on on that Tuesday and we didn't get there till 6:30 and we're like man we didn't even make it the 8.8 miles and we're all it's already dark so we had that kind of skewed frame of reference and then we're just like we need to hike like super fast to get this whole yeah. 8 mile section done and we hike so fast and we're like oh this is it we're yeah. here yeah. which we were we were stoked about because getting there at 4:30 I was like finally we can do more like camping and less yeah. hiking so yeah uh, that was that was pretty and it wasn't sweet. as strenuous of a day at all i mean mm-hmm. it was there was a few few peaks that we had to hike up that were were tough but i mean overall i mean i felt i felt great that day um well you were you were hurting there at the end cuz i know you're like i don't want to walk any farther to look for any more campsites well that's because there's like 30 of them in this thing going down in a ravine yeah. and like you know it, i didn't want to go all the way to the bottom of this mountain just to see what kind of campsite there was to turn around and hike it all the way back up. So we stayed up pretty close. Um, you know, we were about halfway, halfway down, but mm-hmm. I mean, my legs were sore, but I just didn't, I just didn't want to go down the yeah. hill anymore. But, um, so when we got there, it was nice having a little bit of extra time to take our time and get set up. We had plenty of daylight, um, took the time to string up clotheslines. I, I, I'm glad I brought my rain fly. Um, I didn't set it up the first night, but we used it as a second night uh, as kind of a, a dry shelter for anything that needed to be hung up. Mm-hmm. So I tried to dry out most of my clothes. It was so humid from all that rain. It, it wasn't, the air wasn't yeah. dry enough to dry our stuff, but it kept it from getting more wet. Yeah. So, so um, that was funny. Uh, I packed three shirts for three days, mm-hmm. but I only packed two bottoms so I had one pair of pants for the first day one pair of pants for the second day and I planned on you know these things are pretty quick dry they should dry out you know overnight and obviously the first night it got completely toasted with with being rained on um so got to camp second night and was wet and it was getting chilly and I didn't have anything to wear so I just was hanging out in my underwear and my jacket for a while um so that was cool. And then uh, when we went to put our gear in the bear boxes, um, there was some leftover gear there. So that, that actually was pretty common. Like in North Carolina, it's not as common. From what we experienced, there wasn't really anything left at the shelters. But at this go around, there was uh, a lot of stuff that was like either hung on a tree or mm-hmm. like in a bear box or something. And uh, there was this set of uh, female clothes that was hanging out in there, some leggings and... Um, like a jacket pullover thing and some socks and I'm not gonna lie like at one point I was like I think I might go grab those leggings <laughs> and uh anyway I, if if I would have and would probably had to rename me uh yoga yoga bear yoga bear that would be my trail name <laughs> but I didn't I I struck I stuck it out hung out my underwear and uh in my jacket and ended up going to bed anyway so it wasn't that big of a deal yeah. but uh so um, that night was a little, we got to hang out a little bit more. I spent, I was up pretty late that night journaling. Um, didn't do too much the first night. Second night, I, I wrote for the, I usually do like a recap for the day and just kind of lessons learned or like, you know, deep thoughts by Tim Garland. <laughs> I'll throw those in there. And I didn't get to do it too much the first night. So I was up writing for the first two days on that. And um yeah, I got to bed probably about ten o'clock, ten thirty or so. Mm-hmm. So you were up wrestling around for a while though, weren't you? No, I mean, I don't remember what time we got in our tents. I just I just couldn't sleep. Like it wasn't that I was uncomfortable. I was kinda like just sticky from all the sweat and stuff, but overall I just I just couldn't sleep. It wasn't necessarily any particular thing, I don't know. But yeah. I just didn't sleep much on that trip. 
Brad was nervous about how we were gonna get home because I that, screwed up. Yeah, that was. And uh, I didn't, I didn't plan accordingly for that. I was thinking, hey, you know, there's rideshare services like crazy nowadays. Like, I'm sure we can find an Uber or something. I wasn't thinking that we might possibly get pulled out on like a backcountry road with no service. And I don't use Uber or anything like that. And so I'm not not familiar with the fact that somebody's got to be in your area. So yeah, just get an Uber. No, no, you need to plan ahead. And <laughs> so that was uh, a little stressful for Brad the first couple of days. I started stressing about it on the third day because I was like, okay, like we're down the wire now. And I saw kind of where we were coming out on the different roads. And I was like, surely, you know, these are going to be like major highways. And no, no, they're like driveways that you're coming down. Mm-hmm. So, um, Grabbed the mulberries the next morning as they were running down to the water hole down below where we were at. And uh, Brad asked them for uh, how they were getting off the trail. And they were smart enough to have their car parked where they were getting off mm-hmm. and then used a shuttle to take them to where they are putting on the trail. Yeah. Um, which may be what, I, what we end up doing next time. Because um, that would be <clears throat> a lot more convenient than what we did. But... Um, mm-hmm. So they gave us a couple guys, a couple different guys' phone numbers um, to try. I didn't have service at that point, so I just stored them in my phone, and uh, we set out. And it was pretty much as soon as we got an opportunity to get some service, I'd give these people a call. And um, those guys were the, the the couple that we were talking to. Um, they were like, you know, just text him. He'll text right back. He's, he's if he can't get you, then he'll find somebody that can. And so. Um, we, uh, I kept that in my back pocket and, um, it's kind of a, another one of those deals where like we just got up and we got a pretty decent start the next morning. I think mm-hmm. we were on the trail by like 9 30, 10 o'clock. Yep. Um, but we, uh, we were booking it again just cause, and we only had, I think it was like what, six miles or seven, seven miles that we had to go that second day. Nah. It was four, four miles. Four miles. Four yeah, and, and a half. That third day. Yeah. yeah. It was only four and a half miles. So like, you know, this is only be an hour or two that couple hours that uh, we'll be on the trail and so um but it was like straight up straight down straight up straight down and uh it just that was tough that last day was tough um what was that mountain called I feel like it was like caramel and molasses or something oh no sassafras 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 I hated that mountain (laughs) for two reasons one they're like if I'm gonna work that hard I want a view Mm. And the only, there was like one like little window of Vista like on the side of this thing. And by the time I got to it, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. And I'm like huffing and puffing. And right about that time I ran out of water again. Um, And uh, still had like three quarters of a mile to go before we pulled off the trail. So, um, but it it was a cool mountain. I mean, a lot of switchbacks and rocky terrain towards the top but it just felt like it was never ending i mean yeah. between every turn or around every every uh, switchback i was like all right this is the last leg i'm to the top and then like you get it's it's like the surface of a of like a sphere like you get to the top and it's just like it just keeps going you know yeah. it's like come on man <laughs> but you you kicked my butt on that one on that ascent almost what? on all the ascents but that yeah, one, pretty much. <laughs> the, but yes. that one specifically, yes. I, I, I actually, not to belittle your aerobic <laughs> exercises, but like, by the time that I got to, I told, I told him, I warned him, I said, I'm not stopping on the ascent. I will not stop for you. And he's like, Go ahead, just leave me. And I'm like, All right. So I booked it, and I got up there, and I, I thought I was gonna be waiting for like 15 minutes before you showed up. It was only five minutes, and I, I was just sitting down. I had started to open up a cliff bar, and eating it, and, uh, and then he was right there. So he, he was motivated to get out of there that last day for sure, because yeah. he wasn't that far behind me. To be fair, too, I mean, I, I was, I was lagging a little bit. I was Boston lagger a little, lagger a little bit, but. Uh, I was trying to like take pictures and, and get some video mm-hmm. and stuff yeah, content um, along the way and so you know I, I would let him go a little ways I didn't want to make him keep stopping for stuff like that so you know it was real kind of stop and go for me but there were quite a few times where I just couldn't I couldn't breathe or my legs were killing me so I just I had to stop for a minute and and regroup but um, 
yeah, I, I definitely think this time around, like I was in much better shape. But one thing I did want to like mm -hmm. talk about was, um, so the there's a lot of technique that goes into making a successful hike and I'm learning it as I go. But the biggest thing for me is the, uh, the breathing, mm -hmm. like my legs were so sore and like they were dead that first day. Um, you know, just, it, it was a struggle to just want to keep going. And I was huffing and puffing a lot, real short breaths. But I found that the more that I got control of my breathing and the more deep breaths that I was taking, the more oxygen was making down to my legs and, and gave me that extra power to like keep going. And so like, that's something I'm really going to work on, um, between now and like the next, you know, long, long hike that I do is, um, breathing techniques and and just exercise of like running or biking or something that's going to work my lungs a lot more um to where i i need to get that under control because that was like the biggest thing and even even from like the lack of water if i was drinking a lot um you know i needed i needed that to just kind of wet my whistle just little sips yeah. to just keep because i was like inhaling so much through my mouth you know, trying to take the deep breaths and stuff. Um, so I, I think that that's critical, like a successful, like duration of a hike, you know, without sucking down your water source and depleting it super fast. Um, so I mean, that's something that I'm going to be working on for, uh, for the next, next hike. Yeah. Um, so we finally did, we, we finally did get down to the bottom of the hill and <laughs> He mentioned he was sitting there waiting on me, but I did not wait on him when I got to the top. It was like, <laughs> yeah. like hey, kept going yeah. and uh, went down. I was I was running down that last half mile because I was dying. I needed something to drink and I knew that there'd be a jug of water sitting down there at the road because, <laughs> um, uh, you know, a lot of these shuttlers and stuff will come by or, or you know, um, people that work on the trail and stuff, they'll come to these gaps and drop off some water. Cause that section there, I think where we camped was the last water source for six and a half miles of the next, the next section of the trail. Um, so pretty much at every gap, you know, they had a couple jugs of water sitting there. And so I was running, I was running down there and I uh, got to the bottom of the hill. There's a couple people sitting down there and I got one bar on my phone and texted run, get old run. Man. So, uh, um, this guy texted me right back. I was like, hey, you know, is there any way you can pick up my buddy Brad and I from Cooper Gap? I said, we just, we got your number from another hiker and uh, we need a ride back to Amicola Falls. And I was expecting like just no response or like, you know, uh, 45 minutes or an hour, but like immediately I can be there in an hour. And I was like, thank you lord like i was <laughs> i was so stoked and then uh you know brad came came down the hill i told him and he was pretty stoked too yeah so uh we just had to hang out there for a little bit which was not bad at all um it's a good thing i never carry cash and it's a good thing i brought cash yeah. that time because yeah we had to, i mean he doesn't do it for free so yeah and nor should he right but uh it was there we, we had to shell out some cash for him to pick us up, but we were more than happy to pay it to get out of there. Yeah, so. and I typically don't have cash on me either, and I, we had exactly what we needed to pay mm -hmm. him. It's a little bit, I'm not going to say providential, because I should have planned for it, but we did, we got the help that we needed. And so I am going to go ahead and plug Ron's shuttle service. Uh, he's got uh, Appalachian Trail. He, he goes from, from Georgia up to um, Fontana Dam in North Carolina. This is one of the coolest dudes I've met in a yeah. while, um, and hopefully he's listening. He told me he was going to listen, but uh, I I would highly recommend him to anybody that's going section hiking or day hiking or whatever you're doing. Um, he's pretty affordable for for the type of service he offers. He'll come get you pretty much any time of the day or night, um, and you know his slogan is "The hikers are calling, I must go." I mean it's it's legit i mean he's there and if he can't get you he'll find somebody who can and i mean we got in the truck and he was like you guys are lucky you called me when you did because as soon as as soon as i told you i was on my way my phone started blowing up and we were in the car for what 40 minutes with him yeah 45 minutes yeah. 
and he was constantly getting texts or calls or something trying to arrange for other rides and he wasn't kidding so like we we really did we lucked out so a little bit rushed trying to get back um you know we we wanted to set up somewhere to record in the mountains but um it just it didn't work out and by the time we got back to amico i mean we were we were ready to hit the road and and get back home so but yeah if you're uh if you're planning a hike um up in that area or um know anybody that is you know go check him out on facebook you can get his uh his information there and uh line it up and and use him for sure i'm gonna be using him in the future when i go back and Hopefully, you know, I'll get to hang out with him a little bit more. Maybe maybe I'll get to bring him on the show. That would be cool. I mean, he would have the best stories. Yeah. I mean, he was telling us he had the first car he started this shuttle service with was a RAV4, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And then had like five over 500,000 miles on that. Bought a 4Runner, put 500,000 miles on that. And he said that one still runs, but he had just bought a new 4Runner, which is what we rode in. And he had 46,000 miles on it already. And, and it was a 2019. Yeah. Brand new. It was brand new. And yeah. It was just amazing the distances this guy travels and mm-hmm. any time of day. Yeah. And just, I mean, yeah. it was awesome. And, and it's not just like picking people up too. I mean, he'll he'll resupply you. I mean, he's he's got gear in the back of his truck. So if you need, you know, fuel or, or food or Gatorade or whatever, like, you know he's got it and he'll 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 meet you at a gap and load you up before you you go so check him out <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about uh lessons learned what'd you learn from this trip well so i originally on the first episode i talked about just watching that rei video about how to pack and you know it it didn't really work for me you know i i had to that first after the first night or the first day I should say my shoulders were were pretty pretty sore and just they hurt pretty bad and I know like you gotta you gotta uh, put the weight on your hip belt and I was trying to but it was still just digging into my shoulder so I mean I might have to adjust the harness on that but it was the first time really wearing that backpack so um, but I readjusted how I arranged my stuff in the bag and that helped a lot I still towards the end of the each day my shoulders were still killing me um, so I still haven't got it perfected but it was a whole lot better than that first day um, one thing I mean we we talked about one of the biggest things was just our water filtration systems trying to get something a little more efficient than what we had or um, effective we talked about some stuff to try and fill the camelback while it's in the bag instead of removing that and yeah um, making something to do that because pulling that thing out of there and then trying to shove it back in there full of water was just a hassle um yeah, and just getting some proper clothes. I mean, I had these pants with me. I never even wore these. After the first the first day, I had some, the, the clothes I was wearing in that first video um, and wore those. And then the next time, like the next day, all I wore was these short uh, nylon shorts for running. And that's what I was sleeping in. I just, start, I just wore those the whole time with long socks and just a shirt. And that was... And my hat. Yeah, your and, wide brim hat. Yeah, All you needed was fedora. some suspenders, and you uh, <laughs> you looked like you're wearing some lederhosen. Some a Bavarian yeah. out there, just hiking around. But I mean that that was big for me, just wearing those shorts because we sweat so much. Mm-hmm. Every like we got rained on that first morning was pretty wet, so just having those shorts that were just shed the water. It wasn't cold, so it's not like and your legs are got blood flow the entire mm-hmm. time so it's not like my legs were cold um that was that was key like just wearing pants was a useless endeavor yeah. because you just sweat through them and yeah it's annoying i think I, I took i took pants with me um i got what i'm wearing now these columbia shorts they're the same material as the pants 
I'll probably do the same thing next time. Just take shorts for the day hikes because, um, <clears throat> and then just use the pants for the evenings or mm-hmm. a pair of pants for the evenings. Um, and maybe alternate, you know, dry these out overnight and then take the pants for the day. Um, but, uh, yeah, the same, it was the same deal. Like just within, you know, 30, 40 minutes of hiking, my whole, my legs are sweaty and my, my pants are soaked and everything. And, so that was that was a big thing, just being completely wet all the time. I mean, one thing that I definitely learned this time around um, was pre- previously um, when I went last year, uh, just kind of went like I did have the hiking pants, but I had like a cotton type shirts or or um, you know like a blend type shirt, and same thing with underwear too. Like, so I went as much dry fit as I could get, or like you know you know the cool quick quick dry stuff you know, every layer pretty much. So that was a, that was definitely something that continued this time around for me. I think I did really well with the weight. Um, the only thing that like you mentioned the water. Um, so I've got that Sawyer squeeze that I use and I took all three different size pouches for it, which is unnecessary. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to work really diligently trying to figure out how to refuel my my water pack in my bag and maybe only have like one small additional sort like bottle or or bag or pouch or something um because when we stopped for lunch at long creek i filled up everything i had i filled up my bag i filled up all three of the pouches and i stuffed everything in my backpack and I, I could not make it up that mountain. Mm-hmm. On, I mean, it was like adding an additional 25 pounds to my pack. And, I mean, I end up, it was just like a, a catch-22 because, like, I had the water, but then I drank it because I was, like, needing it to get to get up the mountain, which was fine because I was rehydrating. But, I mean, you just, you don't want to do it that way because you're sweating it out immediately anyway. So, anyway, that's probably the main thing for me. Uh, and then absolutely the most glaring one is the the shuttle making sure that the rides are arranged ahead of time and and all that and and so we met another lady that that same morning that we were trying to get our ride worked out that was kind of in a similar situation except she was hurting like her knees were hurting her and she was trying to get off the trail but like she she didn't have like really any knowledge of where she was at or like the roads around the area and she was trying to get her family to come and get her or whatever and so if you're going to take a trip like that like please 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 make sure you do your your research and have some sort of map or or like you know i used the um appalachian trail guide yeah, book that i got off amazon which was awesome yeah. um i mean it had the all of the mileage it had elevation water sources all that stuff it's worth the 10 or 15 bucks to, to buy the book and, and have that information. Um, luckily, I think she was able to get off the trail. But, I mean, there's, I mean, Ron was telling us there's tons of people who get in over their head and, you know, end up getting hurt or dehydrated or something and got to get rescued. Um, and so um, there's plenty of people out there to help. But, uh, you know, don't put yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. So. But I can't wait to get back, man. I'm yeah. I'm ready for the next section, and um, I don't know I don't know exactly when when I'm gonna be going again, but it's not gonna be a year from now. That's for sure. I, I'm ready to get back up on there. So, you got anything else you wanna? Any closing thoughts or you know to wrap up with? Don't be scared to go out there and, and try something. I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast, right? It's just let mm-hmm. people know, like, we're just regular dudes that just went out there. It's not like we're experts or anything. So just, if you've got, if you're interested in this stuff, just get out there and try it. Just go mm-hmm. out there and do it. Just, even if it's for a day hike or just like an overnight thing, just get out there because you'll be you could find your next hobby you could find your next passion and and just getting out there and doing it and trying something that's difficult i know like all these podcasts nowadays that say the same thing it's just like challenge yourself because you'll live a much more fulfilled life if you do Mm -hmm. whereas just doing what's easy or or not uh doing something that may scare you like you're you're never going to have that kind of sense of fulfillment in your life if you don't so. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, 
most of the experience that I've had with with backpacking and hiking and all this stuff, especially since I've been involved in it, people love talking about it and they love sharing their experiences. And I mean, everybody we talked to on the trail, like if we asked for help, like they were loaded with information yeah. or they were willing to give information. It's not like, you know, people are holding on to trade secrets yeah. or anything. So, you know, I, I, I would second that too. So uh, I want to thank Brad again for, coming out for not one but two episodes and um you know i had a blast i, I can't wait to get get at it again and yeah. probably bring him on in the future again um as a contributor he's already a contributor behind the scenes but uh, i appreciate that and thanks again for coming on today no and thanks again to everybody who's been watching and following and and uh, tuning in um this has been really really cool i know i say this a lot but seeing the progression of the growth over each each week or every couple weeks um has been really awesome and the fact that i had some stuff to contribute from fans today was awesome so don't stop like keep keep that stuff coming if you come across this video or or this audio track and there's something that you hear that maybe doesn't sound right or you know you want to offer some input on be nice but send me some send me some information and uh or questions or comments or whatever and we'll try to sprinkle that stuff in the show because it, it's it's about connecting with people and stuff so um if you haven't yet go check us out on social media i got an instagram page facebook page um twitter page um watch our videos on youtube uh subscribe like follow whatever whatever you want to do to get that information firsthand um as soon as it comes out um I'm actively putting stuff out all the time and um, some video clips here, some pictures here and there um, and some, some some of those deep thoughts from Tim's journal uh, make it onto the Instagram Facebook posts. So check us out over there and um, yeah, uh, please uh, let me know if there's anything that you'd like to see on the show in the future. Um, I'm always looking for ideas and, and uh, I've got quite a quite a bit of neat stuff planned for over this this first season that we're going to do but always looking for for fresh ideas and stuff so thanks again and uh we'll tune in next time for trail connection thanks